0: Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is the Point. We unpack the objective truth. This blue chip discussion is for all of Southeast Pennsylvania and the Delaware Valley. The Point is the place to be for compelling discussion not heard anywhere else. We supremely uncover the details, and we expose the hidden facts of the initiatives being supported by our lawmakers and our candidates who run for office. We also discuss developments and milestones that are not being thoroughly reported by the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, Pravda Media Networks. Uh, Today, with this uh, coronavirus panic, uh, I'll be doing this show from my house and uh, on my phone. So bear with us here. Uh, I think it will come out fine. Uh, There's some things that we want to talk about and we want to unpack for all of you. Uh, I think it's it's really compelling to me. And what we see with this media malpractice? What is media malpractice? You know, what is it? You know, media malpractice. Well, it's an amazing phenomenon, okay. And it's it's what's what's happening here is that we have an extensive degree of hatred against Donald Trump, and it's it's not abated after after the phony Trump dossier, and hasn't abated. It hasn't abated with the illegitimate FISA warrants. It hasn't abated with the attempted bloodless coup attempt against Trump using the 25th Amendment. It hasn't abated with the Russian collusion hoax which portrayed Trump as a Russian agent. And it hasn't abated with the phony impeachment sham with the deep state liars. All of this has permeated all sectors, all sectors of the media. It's permeated all sectors of our uh, of what we're seeing here. And I think it's It's interesting because we we see this, okay, and all all sectors of our country, it permeates business, it permeates Wall Street, it permeates professional sports, it permeates academia, it permeates entertainment, and it's aligned, all of it, all of it's aligned, all of this anti-Trump hatred. This anti American hatred, all of this globalists first mentality, all of this globalist comeback hatred has permeated all of this with the aid of the Pravda prob- propaganda media networks, as we all know. And it's permeated the Democrat Party, and we see that as well, the American left. We have we have people from the prior administration. From the, for, for uh, Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden. We have people that worked on his administration. This guy's Andrew Slavit. That's his name. He was the administrator of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Now, he's out there declaring that it's too late. And we'll all now see fatalities exceed one million people. And he went on to claim that Trump denied the threat and dismantled the public health and response infrastructure. This is what he's out there claiming. Of course, he did it with all, all without specifics. But, folks, at the risk of scoffing this Trump-hater's comments, I want to remind everyone. I want to remind everyone that China is seeing a decline in their numbers. At least this is what they're reporting, and the worldwide numbers that we that we know now. What's interesting is this goes up every day, but the worldwide numbers. Okay, right now is about 180,000 cases worldwide. We have about four, about 4,500 or so in the United States, maybe 5,000, a little less than that. The total debt slightly over six thousand on in the on the planet, of which in the United States there's about oh, there's still under a hundred in the United States. So less than a hundred deaths in the United States, around six thousand in the world, and the number of recoveries is nearly a hundred thousand. Okay, so why don't we come up with our own little headline, which we should be seeing? The real headline As most coronavirus patients recover, still anxiety and fear loom. That would be a legitimate headline, or maybe another legitimate headline. The chances of an American getting the coronavirus remains low. Or or how about this potential headline? The chances of an American dying from the coronavirus is lower than an American's chances of winning more than $10,000 in the lottery. I mean, this is what we're looking at, folks. The chances of an American dying from the coronavirus is lower than an American's chances of winning more than $10,000 in the lottery. Now, think about that. These Trump haters, these globalist comeback Democrats and the fake news are all frustrated and spinning with hatred. And this has eclipsed their love of country. They want to get Trump and haven't been able to get rid of him. So, we, I mean, we're watching this happen. We're watching this happen, I think, right now with the uh, the states declaring that, you know, we have to shut down small business for two weeks. You know, I mean, uh, these businesses need their income receipts every week, and yet they want to shut this down for two weeks. Now, I know there's going to be some aid from the government and all. We, we know all that. But here we are in Pennsylvania. At the time with the governor and his pothead lieutenant governor, when they decide that they want to declare a, an emergency, a state of emergency, they did that with 70 cases reported. That's 7 zero. 70 cases reported in Pennsylvania at the time they did it. And no deaths at the time they did it. Now, 70 cases of infected people... That would be a lot of people in a town like, oh, Albertus, or a town like maybe Jenkintown. Okay, that would be a lot of people. But 70 people isn't that many people. I mean, there's more people in Montgomery County, okay, that have been killed by drunk drivers this year than have been infected by the coronavirus in the state of Pennsylvania at the time, at the time, they decided to close businesses and declare all this, all this emergency. And we have to ask ourselves, why did they do this? Is it because they really believe that there's a problem? Is that why they did it? We know, we know that Tom Steyer and Bloomberg together have, have spent nearly $750 million in a failed presidential campaign and managed, and managed just one delegate from American Samoa. That we know this. Okay. And we can presume that these billionaire globalists would now sacrifice more money to help sink the economy and disrupt the stock market. We can presume that there's people like them in this country. And who are they? Well, they own the NBA teams. They own the MLB teams. They own some of these other cabal clubs. They own other businesses. But they're also donors for the activists that were elected in some of these states. I think what we have to realize is there's an immense immense push right now to sink the economy of this country. And that push is coming from people who want to put forward a reaction that does not quite fit the, the evidence on the ground. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. I want to get to the evidence that's on the ground. We're going to get to that. But we need to presume that these billionaire globalists are looking to sacrifice a whole lot more. So let's presume that these billionaires, and we know of two of them right there, okay? We we know what they are, okay. We we can presume that, that you know that, that, that Steyer and Bloomberg are both there helping promote all this, this 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 fear. Look, these people are truly the globalist comeback people, make China great again people, that's who they are, and they're supporting the Democrat Party. This is the biggest reason why we need to come together on this because the Democrats, Joe Biden and all these people are being supported by the globalist comeback people who want to sink the American the American comeback theology and they want to sink our economy to do it and they don't care. If they think it could take Trump down they're going to do it. They're incredibly jealous at Trump's success. They're incredibly jealous at America's success and they don't like they don't like this country. So they would certainly sacrifice more of their money, certainly the two I mentioned, Steyer and Bloomberg, if they thought it would get rid of Trump. Look, we have power brokers, in, like I said, in sporting, you know, that own NBA teams, that own these major league clubs, and they're promoting this stuff as well. This is permeated not just business, but it's permeated everything, as I stated earlier. Hollywood and so forth, okay? My outrage is where was this concern? Where was this panic with the H one N one virus, the swine flu? Where was it? You see, back in two thousand and nine, and I don't want to miss this folks, I don't want anyone to miss this in Southeast Pennsylvania, because I'm stating the facts here, folks. I mean, I understand that we gotta be concerned and we gotta be very concerned about what we see with this coronavirus. I understand that that it's You know, like one people, one person out of every hundred that are infected are likely to die from this. I get that as well. Statistically, I also get it that one out of a thousand that get influenza die. So this is 10 times worse than influenza in as much as one out of a thousand die with from influenza and one out of a hundred die from this. So even though the number's low, it's still a bad deal. But make no mistake, folks, how bad was the H1N1 virus? Well, that virus killed almost 18,000 people in 2009. The swine flu outbreak in 2009, 2010, right here in the United States of America, infected 60 million Americans. Now, do you remember any talk about running out of hospital beds? Do we remember any talk about running out of IV saline solution? Do, do we hear any talk about running out of masks, surgical masks? Were there any calls to declare states of emergencies? Were they shutting down businesses? Was, was Governor Wolf at the time, or the, the governor at the time in 2010, were these people, I mean, where was the calls in these states to close down businesses? Of course, Wolf wasn't the governor back then, but but, these, but there were no calls across the states of this country to close down businesses. There weren't any. Nine months into the pandemic of the H1N1 virus, nine months into it, there were 1,000 people dead. And that's when Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden declared emergency. After 1,000 died, there were almost 61 million people infected. And again, I'm, I mean, 300,000 hospitalized. And Barack Hussein Obama... And Joe Biden did not institute any travel ban. They didn't institute any quarantine, no emergencies, not really. The emergency they did, it. they did institute an emergency later, but there were no quarantines and certainly no travel bans. Now, the, prop- the propaganda networks categorically right now are proving their media malpractice with how they're handling this virus threat. With compared to how they handled the swine flu virus threat, which was 20 times worse than what we see right now. And we're certainly 10 times worse with the infected and the listed fatalities. It was unbelievable. See, with the swine flu, the, the propaganda networks like NBC, well, they had an, they had an announcement after nine months. When the emergency was declared, they said, well, we had Lester Holt reporting a shortage in vaccines. And then we had phony experts like HHS Secretary Nicole Lurie declaring, now, don't panic, folks. We don't need to be panicking. You know, we have a 1,000 dead right now, but don't panic. Well, I agree with that. I think all of us can agree. It's not good to panic. We don't want to spread panic. But here we are with with 1 of the emergency that these same fake journalists and phony experts were inciting, were see, are seeing now, and they're inciting panic. That's the thing. We had crickets from these people back then. When we had tens of thousands affected, and a thousand dead, and we heard crickets from these same people. Folks, to me, this is outrageous, and this is by definition, media malpractice. That's the way I see it. But the coverage, the coverage here is just truly soft and unprobing and there's no real concern, no daily scoreboard. I mean, this is, this is what we saw back then. There was no daily scorecard. They didn't have it on the news on 24 seven every day, every minute, discussing all the, discussing all the, the casualties, you know, the, the one or two more casualties every day or the, the 100 or 200 or 300 more infected people across the country. I think what I want to point to, and this is what's amazing to me, and I look at the movie 1984, and I I look at that, and you can go to YouTube and watch that. But in 1984, that movie, and of course you read George Orwell's book, it talked about Big Brother taking away the individual is the individual's individualism ability and their liberty and basically making them wards of the state. And these people had to uh, basically, uh, these people were, were were having to, uh, you know, just comply with state standards. And so when they got out of compliance, they were sent to re-education camps, if you will. Well, one guy in the movie was sent to a re-education camp and what they did here, what I thought was interesting on all of this, they get into the re-education camp, and the the guy that's doing the re-educating is holding up four fingers. He says, how many fingers do you see? And, of course, the person they're trying to reprogram, <laughs> the person they're, they're, they're trying to, 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 uh, to, uh, to reprogram in their in his own mind, if you will, he says, I see four fingers. Well, then he gets an electric shock. No, you see five. Of course, the guy looks confused. So he says again, how many fingers? And he holds up four fingers. He says, I see four fingers. No, there's five. And he gets another shock. Well, this went on and on and on for about five or ten sessions before the guy finally got tired of getting the shocks. And he said, "Okay, okay, I see five fingers. Even though there was only four up. And I think what's really important that we understand here, okay, the facts are out there every day. And the reason I pointed to this, this illustration, is because the facts we see on the news are out there every day, but the citizens of this country are not seeing four fingers, they're seeing five fingers. The citizens of this country are seeing something that is not in the numbers, the citizens of this country, because of the news media and the 24-7 onslaught of this pandemic, are seeing this. And it's unbelievable to me because they're seeing this and they realize that this is, this is, not, this is not going to, you know, they're seeing, they're seeing five fingers. They're not seeing the four, even though the facts are out there every day. You know, they don't see at all. They don't see at all. They don't see at all what's really what, what's really happening. They're seeing past the numbers and they're seeing what might be happening or they see something that's not there. Does that make sense, folks? That's what I'm going with that. And I'm really concerned about it. Because, again, I, I look at this whole thing and, you know. Of course, Joe Biden and, and Bernie Sanders, they had their their debate. And, you know, nobody's asking Joe Biden about his expert about his expert handling of the swine flu. I don't hear Biden handling that at all. I don't see that. And I, don't, I don't hear it. You know why? Because he didn't expertly handle anything. So, you know, but, but we need to be asking these questions. I think there'll be a point where I think Donald Trump will be asking these questions. I think when all of this calms down and we get through this, there'll be a time where Trump is able to ask the questions and actually make comparisons with the way the swine flu was handled 10 years ago and the way this is being handled now, because there's not going to be 18,000 deaths. We're not going to have 60 million infected folks. We're just not going to see that. And I, I just don't see that. I don't see that in the numbers we see right now. I just don't see it in the numbers around the world. I don't see it. Do you understand folks? I don't see this anywhere. There's no evidence of this right now. And so I think there's a lot of hyped up fear over something that just is not likely to happen. I think these people are seeing five fingers when there's only four up. I think these people are seeing something that is not in the numbers, as I said to you before. The scorecard, the numbers are out every day, every minute on the 24-7 news cycles. Every day, every minute. And the people are seeing past those numbers and seeing something that does not exist. And that includes our governor. And that includes this Timothy Leary lookalike guy, lieutenant governor. Mr. High himself. Mr. Fetterman. Look, folks, I mean, we need to be asking the questions. And we will be asking the questions. I'm sure they'll be coming up. Asking Mr. Biden and Mr. Mr. Biden about how he and Obama expertly, expertly allowed 1,000 people to perish before they declared a national emergency. You won't hear that coming from the propaganda networks, though. No, no, no. Why? Because they're committing media malpractice every day with this constant drumbeat. With the virus threat. That doesn't match the numbers that they're putting out there. This drumbeat on the news that's enhancing the threat and elevating the fear. Again, that doesn't match the facts that you see on the screen. But this is their goal. Their goal is to instill this panic in our people and our elected, elected, I should say officials, but some of them are elected activists. Look, their goal is one and one thing only is to sink this economy and to sink Trump, not to make people safe. That's not their goal. And how you know that, again, is because our own governor grounded the state's economy for two weeks. Grounded the state's economy for two weeks when he had a total of 70 infected people in a state of 12 million people and no deaths. But he grounded the economy based upon what he thought facts, well, because he sees five fingers and not four. Because he sees something that's not there, folks. Now, either he's incredibly incompetent or he's deliberately trying to sink the economy. That's where I'm at on this, folks. I mean, I am, I'm, I am fit to be tied about this. But how you know what I'm saying is true is because years ago, 10 years ago, they did not have this constant drumbeat on the news. They didn't. The propaganda networks did not have this constant drumbeat. They did not have a scoreboard. We didn't see the closing of the NBA season. We didn't see the closing of the of of the basketball, the college basketball season, the the March Madness. We didn't see any of that. We certainly didn't see the postponement of the Major League Baseball. We didn't see the attempt to and and declaration to to close of the to put the economy on hold in Pennsylvania and in other states around the country. No, we didn't. And yet we had 10 times the infected rate and 10 times the fatality rate. Folks, there's something wrong with this picture. Don't miss this. And this is what really has me spinning right now because I am absolutely beside myself. And I want to make sure our listeners understand this. I mean, right now, like I said, we have about – we have, still have under 100 fatalities in the, in the country, I believe. It, it's close. It's, it's under that. But the real threat – I mean, you see, look, they know the real threat level, even with ten or 20,000 infected with 70 fatalities across the country. They know the risk level is low. They know it's similar to a person driving their car in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. See, they know this. And I'm talking about Pennsylvania right now. It's amazing that you have, like I said, 70 infected people and no death. So that is similar, I think, to a person driving a car in Potter County, Pennsylvania, and the risks of a traffic accident up there. Folks, there isn't anybody up in Potter County. Handful of people, Cowder's Port and some other small towns, or maybe Sullivan County, where there's 7,000 people. A lot of woods. Folks, there's no real risk here. There's certainly, the risk, the risk does not, does not warrant the cost it's going to bring. I mean, what, what the, the cost of closing an economy for two weeks is going to be a lot, a lot of hurt and a lot of pain to a lot of families, a lot of people. All for a very low risk. This is the stuff that I just can't understand why we're doing this. Look, if we had 7,000 infected people in Pennsylvania—not 70, but 7,000—and if we had like, like a thousand deaths already—I mean, and if fatalities were certain, a certainty, well, then I can understand it. But fatalities, folks, are not a certainty. They're just not. This is an, a this is a blatant overreaction and a deliberate overreaction. That's what this is. No, their goal is to instill panic. It's not to provide a public service. So their goal is to not, it's not to protect people. Their goal is to sink this economy and hurt the people at the paycheck level. It isn't to protect them and to protect their health. That's not what they're thinking, folks. You see, to provide a public service, we would announce something and move on. So you could take precautions, things like that, you know, as I said earlier, and I don't want to misstate this. I don't want people thinking that I'm not saying this is not serious. It is. As I stated earlier, I mean, from what we know now, it's 10 times worse than influenza. Influenza kills about one person every, out of every thousand that are infected every year. Well this kills about one person for every 100 that are infected that we know so far. So this is worse than influenza. So it is bad. But you have to understand the infection level versus population and so forth and we don't see this. We don't see it. You see I don't I mean I don't know why we have a daily scorecard when we're looking at one to 200 cases being diagnosed daily in this country of 330 million people? Why is there a daily scorecard on that? Why don't we have a daily scorecard on on auto accidents? And we don't see that in the news. Yet more people will die from auto accidents this year than will die from this coronavirus. That's right, folks. But you don't see a daily scorecard on that, do we? So you have to ask yourself, as I've been saying, why are they reporting this with the level of urgency they're projecting right now? Why? Why are they claiming Trump, why are they, some of these fake experts, why are they claiming Trump isn't handling this right? Why? Why are they telling people not to attend sporting events? And why are they encouraging retail stores to close and now in Pennsylvania requiring some of these stores to close? Why? Why are elected officials closing schools, universities and businesses and putting economies on hold? Why? When the when the numbers don't match, are they seeing are they seeing five fingers when there's only four? Are they seeing something that the numbers don't represent, folks? This is what I'm talking about. Either they're seeing something because they've been programmed to see something that isn't there. Or they're just committing malpractice. I, I, You know, to me, there's no other way around it. I mean, it really isn't. I think they're doing this, and, and that's why I keep bringing up the idea that they want to sink the economy, because I don't see the numbers. They don't represent the urgency of closing down a state's economy. I don't see it, folks. I just don't see it. They're telling us statistical facts that do not amount to a hill of beans, and they're claiming the emergency that doesn't really exist, and they're shutting down the economy in the state of Pennsylvania and many economies across the country. You know, we're seeing facts with our own eyes, but we don't see the emergency with our eyes. No, we see it in our head and we see it with our heart, but we don't see it with our eyes. And this is very much like the programming, like I said in the movie 1984. When the prisoner was seeing four fingers and claiming five because he was being programmed to call out five when he saw the four fingers. He was claiming that because he he was being programmed to see that. That's all this is, folks. We're seeing the facts with our eyes, but we're seeing an emergency in our head and our heart. It's being programmed into us. Those that see an emergency without seeing the facts to substantiate the emergency have been programmed to see something, folks. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. The media malpractice aids in the programming of our minds. It just does. Media malpractice aids in the programming because it's out there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's in a new cycle. We and Because it's out there all the time, we assume it must be an emergency and a crisis because we see it all the time, even though we don't see it with our own eyes. No, even though we don't see it with our own eyes, we're going to call out five fingers because we believe it in our heart. I mean, it, 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 we see it occurring. the The evidence-based proof of this is the scorecard that we see along with the experts declaring the need for more action when the nationwide scorecard is showing little or no movement. I mean, this is the amazing thing, folks. Like I stated earlier, 2,000 or 4,000 people, 5,000 people infected, 6,000 people infected. Well, it's a lot when you're dealing with a country like ours, but it's not – it's not – it's a lot with Abington. It's a lot with for Abington or Jenkintown, but it's not with 330 million people. I mean, if you look at the population of Abington, you said 10% of the population is infected with this. That would be scary, folks. That would be scary. But that's not the case here. When you look at the numbers I just talked about and you compare them to the nation's population, they're minuscule. That's what they are, minuscule you get a better chance of being mauled by a polar bear and a grizzly bear on the same day. In some cases, I mean, West Virginia doesn't even have a case registered as of a few days ago, not even a case register in West Virginia. Some of these states have almost nothing happening. I mean, you get certainly got a ch- better chance of getting hit by lightning. There's 3,000 people dead every year in this country getting hit by lightning, approximately. And we won't even see that likely with this coronavirus, folks, and that's the truth. So why don't we just say that we would have to eclipse 3,000 fatalities from this coronavirus. We would have to eclipse 3,000 fatalities this summer, this year, to surpass the number of people hit by lightning in this country and are killed. Now, think about that. Please put that in perspective, because that's exactly what I'm talking about. And yet you got states shutting down economies over this. This is mind-blowing to me. I never thought in my lifetime I would see such travesty and malpractice being executed by the media and by the elected officials. I never thought I'd see this in my life. I just can't believe I'm seeing it. I can't believe I'm seeing it while I'm seeing it. The coronavirus factual statistics are on display every day. And we see these phony reporters out there. <clears throat> they're reporting on about 100 new cases per day coming in across the country, maybe one or 200. And we have less than one new death per day being reported in the Pravda propaganda scorecard. Yet even though we still have under 70 deaths or 80 deaths in this country, and about a third of those deaths occurred in one nursing home in Seattle, I mean, if you take that third out, it's even less when you compare it with the rest of the country and the population and the other facts. You have to ask yourself, why are we reacting this way? Why are we overreacting this way? How in blazes are we doing this? Because I don't see it. So what's happening is that we're wrecking the U.S. economy. That's what's, that's what's happening. We're seeing this happen with our own eyes. It's happening. <clears throat> <laughs> Some other facts, as this virus infects people, the hosts will develop a natural defense, if you will, and that natural defense will get passed along to the other person infected. So you're going to see, like it is with any virus that's out there, as it gets passed along, it it, has, it, it does not have the same severity on the cases going forward. In normal situations, I'm not talking about high-risk people, but in worldwide cases right now, you have about 180,000 cases worldwide, and still under 200,000 worldwide. Total debts are under 6,000, I think, under 6,500 total debts across the world, and again, of which the United States is still you know under 70, or I should say under 100. We have less than 100 deaths in the United States, and we have less than 6,000 around the world, and the number of recoveries is increasing every day. We see that. So as I stated earlier in the show, and I want to bring this out, the headlines, what should the headlines be? Most coronavirus patients recover still. Anxiety and fear loom, or as I stated, the chances of an American dying from coronavirus is lower than than an American's chances of winning more than $10,000 in the lottery. Folks, I'm, I'm blown away by all this, but what's really compelling on this, too, is when you look at the different polling we've seen, and I think what's really interesting on this is I look at the polling, I see this. ABC News had reported a poll. And now ABC News to me is, is well, they, they don't generally put out accurate polling. The polling I've seen shows Trump's approval ratings at about 50%. It shows Barack Hussein's Obama's approval ratings, the same polling, the same methodology that was being done from this particular poll, Rasmussen shows Barack Hussein Obama's approval ratings in, in 2012 being about five points, four or five points lower than than, uh, than Trump's right now. So Barack Hussein Obama's approvals are right around 46%, and Trump's are running at 50% thereabouts. I mean, it fluctuates. I've seen it as high as 52. I've seen it as low as 47 for Trump on this daily tracking poll. But ABC News, I guess they showed a poll that had – had his approvals at 43%. I'm not sure. I think that's a bit low. Uh, But whatever the case is, if it's low, that means some of the numbers we might be hearing are actually higher than we actually are to be reporting here. So keep that in mind, if you will. Now, what I think was interesting was that the Democrats, they poll Democrats, they poll Republicans. And uh, basically, the, the, they asked, you know, if they were concerned about the virus. And then, of course, that they were very concerned about the virus. So concerned or very concerned, I would say, are people living in some fear. OK. Well, Democrats have 83 percent of Democrats. Eighty three percent of Democrats are concerned about getting the virus or are living with concern or they're either very concerned, or they're just concerned about getting the virus. Compared to about 54% of Republicans, and I think that's very telling. Half the Republicans believe that you know there there there's some fear and trepidation with them, but Democrats it's just it's it's all of them. It's 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 all of them. Okay, so little wonder we have a Marxist governor in Pennsylvania shutting down shutting down our economy because he believes. That we need to because he's absolutely he's absolutely a snowflake child who believes that this is that he's just terrified. He's scared. He's scared of the numbers. He's scared of going outside in a lightning storm. I should say if a lightning storm was in Abington, he'd be afraid of going out in Philadelphia over there at City Hall because he'd be afraid that a lightning bolt would find him from Abington or something. I mean, he's running afraid. Okay, 83 percent of Democrats are actually afraid about getting this virus. And and what's interesting on that is more than half of those Democrats, 47% of them, are extremely concerned and extremely afraid. But when you get to the 54% of Republicans that are concerned, only 15% of those Republicans, that's like perhaps one out of four, okay? One out of four of those concerned are very concerned. So it it really does kind of break down the makeup, if you will, the chemical makeup of what makes a Republican and what makes up a Democrat. And I think, you know, the individualism that, that exists, the sense of justice that exists, the sense of destiny that exists within people of Republican political leanings. With compared to all well, the Democrats in the sense of a need for mother government, big brother, to take care of them. Because they have no sense of ability, no, no ability to take care of themselves. Now, we see from the ABC News poll that Democrats are running terrified. And, and like I said, nearly all of Republicans are seeing this as an overreaction. I think that's very telling. But I think what's interesting, and I, I, I was... Again, I'm, I'm unable to have the guests on the show today, but I did talk to both of them, and Rick was sharing with me that his major his concern again, and I, I agree with him, is that you're seeing that the socialists, the, 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 socialist, the Marxists, the, the globalists that want to take down this country, they want to have an event like a major pandemic to create the reasons to change the form of government we have, to create the need in the heads of Americans, to vote in something like socialists or socialism light with Joe Biden or socialism heavy with Bernie Sanders. Either way, it's socialism. They're hoping that this will bring it in. The solace that I have, folks, and before I get back to this polling information, the solace that I have and what I just stated, the comfort that I have is God is in control. God is sovereign. God is in control. And I take comfort in that, great comfort in that because i know that god is able to make all things possible and i think with a with with a situation like this that god can still work a miracle out of this and i think people like people of faith are more likely to see it as a miracle when we come out of this this type of a an enhanced panic situation that was created By the propaganda networks and the Democrats and the globalists and that ilk that has permeated every facet of our country, whether it's academia, whether it's politics itself, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's the the, the CEOs of companies, the owners of ball teams, whatever. They want globalism back and they'll do whatever they can. They'll sacrifice their seasons. They'll sacrifice their money just to bring it back. And I think that's how you know, as a Christian, that's how you know that this isn't, that that, that this really is from the devil. I think this is all from the devil himself. But anyway, getting back to the poll, we see from the ABC News poll again that there was only a handful of people that were staying home and and changing their lifestyle. I think what's really interesting on that is only about one-fifth, I think I remember seeing, of the population in that polling had changed their lifestyle, they, they, whatever. They didn't go out. They stayed home. They quarantined, whatever. I'm afraid I don't want to get this deadly dra- travesty, that, this deadly disease, this crud. So they stayed home. But three quarters didn't. Almost 80 percent did not. And that's why I think the governor did what he did in Pennsylvania. See, the governor knew that the people were still going around living their lives and nobody was listening to what they saw on the scorecard every day. So they're going to they're going to bring on this this pain, this suffering, this misery. They're going to shut down the government. They're going to shut down the economy and put it on put it on some sort of life support if they can. They're going to use this virus to do this. They're going to use this. They're going to want to change. They want people to change their lifestyles. Why? Because they want you somewhat miserable. Why? Because they want you to need the government. They want you to need them. When you can't depend on yourself because the situation is such where they've taken away your ability to take care of yourself, then you need their handout. You need their money. You need their government handout, the unemployment check, the whatever. That's what you need. That's the scenario they create with this phony, this phony outrage, this, this enhanced panic. One thing we can know about this hysteria that's going on and with this media malpractice that we're seeing is it's not being felt by Americans, and that's why these governors are doing what they're doing, and that's why these mayors are doing what they're doing, because they want to create the sense of urgency that no one is buying into yet. Because, folks, they see the number. Programming only goes so far. What's interesting is they see the numbers. It's like when somebody falls into hypnosis. No one's going to do, and I I remember hearing this from some people back when I was in my younger days, And you hear these people talking about hypnotism and so forth. Nobody does anything in hypnotism that they would not normally do. That's what I've been told and heard. Programming only goes so far. You're not going to get people to change their lifestyle when they normally wouldn't do it. So what they have to do is create the scenario to do it. They can't program you with what you see on TV because all you can do, all you do is do what I do. You turn it off. You don't even watch it. You don't watch it because it just angers you to watch them ruining this economy. And so you don't even watch it. You turn it off. You stay away from it. Well, that's what's happening. And so these governors are saying, well, we have to create this panic and we have to instill this change of behavior. We have to extract that change of behavior from our people. How to do that is we're going to have to force it by closing businesses. And I, I mean, you know, folks, this is what I'm talking about. I, I don't want to miss this because this is what I'm talking about here. And I think it's very telling because we see this all the time. We're seeing this right now, and I never thought we'd see it. Look, with the H1N1 swine flu, we didn't see the World Health Organization declare a pandemic until we had tens, 10 times the fatalities and 10 times the infected we see right now. Where was the World Health Organization then? He had 10 times the infected, 10 times the fatality. But no, the World Health Organization does not like an American comeback. So they're going to make sure they declare a pandemic. With the H1N1 swine flu, we didn't see America go into a panic. No, we didn't. So to create the scenario, the governors declare that they have to shut down half the economy in these states. That way, they can force more of a panic. With the H1N1 swine flu, we didn't see the Republicans go after Obama and blame him for failing to act. No, we didn't see that, folks. The Democrats are doing that with Trump, though. It's unbelievable. With the H1N1 swine flu, we didn't see a panic, and the economy didn't suffer. No, we didn't, and that's because, as I stated before, they didn't bring it on with their with the with the created propaganda network and this politicizing of the event the swine i mean with the h1n1 swine flu there was no politicizing it today we have massive politicization of it all they politicize it unbelievable i mean they're closing schools they're stopping nba basketball games they're stopping college basketball games they're stopping hockey games major league baseball games we have mayors and governors banning large crowds and declaring a state of emergency we now see them shutting down their own economies. They're telling people, don't go to work. We see companies not open. I mean, this is an amazing thing. We didn't see the sensible call to restricted travel by these people. No, we didn't see that. Maybe that's one of the big reasons we saw those deaths. I don't know. But whatever the fact is, they weren't instituting sensible restrictions. They were instituting they didn't do anything. Now, we didn't see the propaganda networks with this constant drumbeat and constant scorekeeping every day with a new case noted here or there. As I stated, the swine flu killed nearly 18,000 people, infected over 60 million people right here in this country. It hospitalized hundreds of thousands of Americans, and we did not see Barack Hussein Obama being hoisted and hit like a pinata, by the Prop propaganda networks. So we didn't see that, folks. And maybe part of it was they were trying to use the swine flu to push the need for Medicare for all. Perhaps that's what it was. They wanted Medicare for all, doctors for no one, Obamacare, here it comes. So they they, they did that. Maybe that's what they did. But the Democrats and the Pravda network fake experts seem to be celebrating the wrecking of our economy. And this is what I see, the glow in their eye, the spring in their step when they're talking about these stories, folks. They are celebrating the wrecking of our economy. And this really is, it's unbelievable to me. It's unconscionable. And I believe it's borderline treasonous. This, however, will prove to be nothing but a pixie dust fairy tale for the Democrats. Why? Because it's all going to sum up to a big nothing burger, and the public will be viewing the Democrat Party and the Prop to propaganda networks with contempt for pushing this panic. This will come to an end. It will. And the stock market and the economy will come back. It will rebound. Because this country and the people of this country have overcome a whole lot worse than this. We're not going to see 20, 30, 40,000 deaths, folks. It's not going to happen. We're not going to see 60 million infected. No, we're not going to see that either. It's going to end. The market's going to rebound, and it's going to rebound like you can't believe. And we're going to elect, re-elect Donald Trump again. You know, and and you know because right now we see this, and Trump is taking economic precautions right now. He's he's basically looking to, to further ignite the economy when all this passes. And he's doing that now. He's basically, uh, the way he's handling it, he's handling it masterfully. When we get back into the growth trajectory, some of the proposals the president's making regarding payroll taxes, small business administration loans, tax holidays, all of that will come to fruition. And again, I don't want to make, oh, Look, I'm not saying we don't need to take precautions because we do. I just see this lockdown, if you will, this lockdown because of the Chinese coronavirus. It's just not necessary for those reasons I just stated. I don't I don't see it. And we definitely need to protect our citizens for the virus. I mean, it it is like I said, it's, it's more serious. And I think I think Trump's directives are certainly significant. I mean, keeping readiness at high levels is important, and being it's important, and and, and we have to get it done. We have millions of test kits out there right now in the healthcare centers, and we'll be we'll be doing those drive-through testing sites that we talked about. The partnerships with Walmart, Target, CBS, Walmart, uh, and all these other stores, Walgreens, to use their parking lots for test sites, and the partnership with private businesses. This is all unprecedented. And along with the travel restrictions with the affected countries, and we know that's now getting done with, and getting with the private sector involved with the testing. Look, Trump wants to put in place a temporary reprieve on payroll taxes, but he also wants to put a hold and delay on payment of income taxes. Look, this is where the rubber meets the road for the Democrats. They, of course, are, they're not interested in giving any tax breaks to any working class anybody. But because, Trump's restri- but, but, but because Trump is, is handling this masterfully. The Democrats are going to be forced in their corner right now. Trump's reshaping the supply lines from China, which is also good. The propaganda networks are, well, they keep going off on Trump. They keep telling one, they keep telling everyone how incompetent Trump is and how he isn't doing enough. But the American public, folks, they see this as over the top. They truly do. I mean, testing is important. We have to have testing for people to know that they're test positive, but we need to not overemphasize the need for, you know, to closing that, shutting down half the economy. We don't want to overemphasize that and overreact here. I mean, we have to get some real numbers in and we have to see that the infection rate is much higher than it is before we react that way. You know, it's important to stay home when you're not feeling well. Prevent public contact. That's important. You know, we don't need testing to to take preventive measures to t- to keep us from getting the virus. We don't need to go there either. We need to in- we need to initiate things like distancing and avoiding crowds, avoiding travel, washing your hands, staying hydrated. This helps keep our natural barriers up as an effective agent preventing all of the virus from infecting us. But all of this can be done without testing. We are doing things to interfere with the natural flow of the virus. That is happening. And all health officials and the public need to work on containment and mitigation. I mean, it is better to do more than less. I mean, but that's, I'm not talking about with the economy, okay? I'm just talking about Testing and things like that. I mean, we have the unknown. And the unknown produces a level of anxiety right now. So it's usually going to be higher. But I believe, like I said, we need to be grounded in truth and not in fear. And we need to we need to basically just be taking the, the right precautions. OK. If you're suffering from fever, shortness of breath, dry cough, weak muscle aches, you know, they're indicative of the virus. Sneezing and sinus pressure and runny noses are not. And these are from the health fact, the health experts folks. So I don't want to miss that. Dr. Fauci was on CNN, he was answering answering hypotheticals on CNN. And the CNN anchor, Brianna Keller, initiated the discussion on a hypothetical scenario, and she said, well, you know, she, you know she re, Fauci responded with, with, he said, when the hypothetical models are done, you could have scenarios where hundreds of thousands are infected, Fauci said. But here we go again with the programming of the public. This is what I'm talking about. So he makes a statement, but then he follows it up, but he says, you know, it's possible because when you do a model, you, you have a worst case scenario and the best case scenario. And the reality is how you, react, how you react to that to that will depend on where you're going to be on that curve. So he says, it's, obviously, we, we are clearly going to have more infections, but <clears throat> he said there's going to be more problems with regards to, to mortality. He said, but the challenge we have and we must do is we must blunt what we have coming on. You know, and, and he goes on, he goes on to say, unfortunately for our colleagues in Italy and France, and certainly in China, that's what's happened. They haven't done, they haven't taken the precautions. That's why they're suffering. Our challenge, as he says right now, is to do two things. It's to prevent the new influx of cases, hence the travel restrictions. And for what we're dealing with right now, he says it's to, it's to know that what we're going, we're going to get more infections, but, but to blunt it so we don't have, to, we don't have that sharp peak. We have a smaller little hump. We need to try to get. We need to try to get there, as opposed. We need to try to get there as opposed to you know to more infections. So, basically, he's talking about how to how to under. He's he's understating it. He's basically telling people don't panic, because you have the CNN anchor. She says, "Are you ta- are you thinking that hundreds of thousands of Americans could could die from this?" And he says, "Well, I say that." Because it sometimes gets taken out of context, Fauci said, hence (laughs) Keller, okay? We have to be realistic and honest. Our job is to try to make that not happen. Well, folks, we are out of time. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in right now on The Point. We really appreciate you tuning in. Some of our people, some of our listeners tune in to The Point. By tuning in on 1180 WFYL during normal airtime. Others go to 1180wfyl.com and click on listen live. Some people go to YouTube, as I do, and I go to YouTube and, and search WFYL and I pull up the listen live link. However, you choose to listen, we appreciate it. That's why we're here. We truly, we truly do appreciate you being here and tuning into us. We are proud to have that you've made us your guiding light in times of political upheaval and turmoil. We unpack the truth in a way that packs a punch. And again, we appreciate you tuning in. See you next Saturday on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.